PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. Those are only a couple reasons why you should shop over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. Good people over there. But hey, before you go over there, go to KeeferInkTesting.com, click on the Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner, and that will direct you to their website, and you can continue to shop. And what that does, it shows those people over there that you're listening to this podcast, we're not full of shit, that you actually like this thing, and we're going to keep this sucker up and moving. And yes, on the back end, we do get a little bit of what you're purchasing. So that actually helps punish Aiden some more when he's not doing something he should be at school. you know. Or actually, we'll just take the crap away, so maybe we don't need all that. I need more money to support him if he's going to go racing. So, <laughs> No matter what, thank you guys for shopping over there. We appreciate it. And, of course, Fly Racing. You know I like to sing a song when I talk about Fly Racing. I wonder if this guy in the studio knows the song I'm going to sing. It looks like on his face that he doesn't, so I'm not even going to point to him. So, flyracing.com. Go check them out. Gear, snowmobile, BMX, casual, women's gear. They got it all. I have mountain bike shoes that I've had for four years. They used to be white. They're like brown now, but they're still good. They work. The ratchets still work. Everything Fly Racing makes, I personally like a lot. So go check them out, flyracing.com, racetech, racetech.com. What about your engine? What about your suspension? We're going to have to get some of that stuff done on this bike that we're going to talk about today. So racetech.com, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will get you in touch with Chris over there at Racetech, get you a discount, and have yourself a merry time on your dirt bikes. Trust me, there's nothing worse than when you have a crappy setup suspension or broken down oil and seals, and the bike feels like shit. So this guy is waving at me like we're in sixth grade, like he wants to talk. So welcome in, Michael Allen. Well, I was just going to say Racetech. I'll be racing the Mint 400 on a Ducati. Bad idea. Racetech's doing the suspension for it. They don't just do dirt bikes. What what Ducati are we talking about? A Ducati Scrambler Desert Sled is what it what is. What is that? I'm going to find out come the Mint 400 in a few weeks. Why would you do that? I was asked to do it by uh, Malcolm Smith's son, Stick Alexander. Stick that mic in your face. There you go. Malcolm Smith's son, Alexander, and I become friends, and he goes, hey, you like bad ideas? Do you want to race a Ducati off-road? And I was like, eh, why Something not? like something Denison would do. It, that's exactly like something Denison would do. Yeah. Right. So... This is not about this. This podcast is not about scramblers. No. But I'm curious now that you opened this box for us. Right. It's an 800? It's like a seven, seven something. I, I honestly don't and know much about it. it's not even made for the right terrain that you're I racing on. I mean, it's on. made to their off-road bike, but let's get real. It's a dual sport, though. Yeah, ish. So if I wouldn't bought this production-wise, it's made for the street and the dirt, correct? Dirt roads, I would say, yeah. But it's yeah. plated? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at right. here. I'm going to race you it. you have knobbies? 
Or is it like the flat knobby type? It's going to be like a flat knobby from what I understand. It's going to be interesting. No, it's know. not. It's going to be lame. Either way, Race Tech's doing the suspension. I'm sure that Race part Tech. I'm going to tell Race Tech to back out of this. They shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, look at There you have it, folks. Race Tech will damn near do just about anything for you. Right. A Ducati Scrambler. Yep. I'm in. Good for you. Are you going to dress with like armor on? <laughs> I probably should. Dude, you, that's going to be so rough out there. I know. It's sketchy. And you have how much of suspension? I don't know. Not Seven enough. inches? Something like that. Not enough. Wow. That'll be good. good. Well, anyway. Great knowing you, Michael Allen. Great to have you here <laughs> because this may be the last time I see you in the studio. So awesome Perfect. to have you. Perfect. So today, guys, we're here. Michael Allen's here. Uh, very special for me today to have him up here because he doesn't like to leave the house. But that is later on in this podcast. We will come and circle back around. Yep. Most of you guys know Michael Allen from our little heart-to-heart podcast that we had earlier about goals, about having a family. That's my buddy Michael Allen, everybody. But he is a great off-road rider. He loves off-road riding about as much as I love Moto. sandwiches. Yeah. I yep. love sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Other things as well, but this is we're going to try to keep this an R-rated. R-rated. Not um, X. Not X. So uh, we're here to talk about the 2020 Husqvarna TE300i. Yep. Fuel injection. We're here. Direct injectors at fuel injection. What do they call it? They call it fuel injection. So okay. the, we'll get into it later, but at the. Uh, <clears throat> Sit back, relax. He has ADD or At the throttle body. Climb out of the at the throttle body, fuel is not injected into the system there. Oil is. So oil and air go in at the throttle body. The fuel is injected at the transfer port in the cylinder. Okay. So. Yeah, it's I don't I call it, it says fuel we injection. rode this we rode a 250i earlier right yeah like right a year when we and first started Keyfrink yep so we rode a 250 um, Husqvarna i and how I can explain to you just on that model and I didn't get to ride this one because right. I shot your beautiful photos oh, for boy. this yeah and it's almost four stroke like it's real luggy it has a lot of traction I don't know if the 300 is is like that when we yeah. would get into that but like. It's a very interesting motorcycle. It's not, yeah, it's not how two-stroke, you would think of a two-stroke. Right. Really. Um, so Michael wanted this bike. He wanted a bike, I should say, right? Or yeah, this a bike. bike. You know, a off-road bike. And this this bike came about, and I know that you liked it, so we decided, hey, let's give you this for the year. Yep. It'll be more of a, a longevity, durability type of, of article. We are going to do some stuff to this bike. This podcast is more of a first impression on what it's like, how it is to ride, what box. you need to do to it, possibly. Yep. Um, but you're going to go race. What's Sprint Enduro, District 37 Sprint Enduro Series. It's a the AMA. series or just like some races? Okay, well, we're going to get into that. This because series trying to talk to me. Well. I may or may not miss the first round, but we will get into that later. You're pissed about it. It's fine. I, oh, my gosh, dude. I, I can't believe you sometimes. I know. We'll get into that later. It's fine. All right. So can you break? Husqvarna's claim this thing is all new. For, compared to what we rode before, I feel like it's refined. I mean, it, it, a lot of these things are new. The frame's oh. new and all that, but it still, to me, just feels like the the Husky two-stroke-ish, the one we rode the first time, the 250. So tell us about the changes that, that Husqvarna made for this year. They, the frame is new. Okay. The bodywork is new. A lot of the injection stuff is new. Suspension's new. They have a, um Explore fork on it. It's a spring fork. So it's an open bath fork? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's got compression rebound adjusting. The left fork does compression, right fork does rebound, I believe. And it also has preload adjusters on the uh, the forks themselves. Okay. Three position. And Anything? three positions 
And you the overall the engine in? the same, piston, all that, cylinder, all that. It's different. As I know well. we got some specs here. Right. You, you can browse through that. It's but different like, as well. Um, so basically, engine updates. Yep. I Frame updates? Frame updates as well. So when we say all new, maybe it's not like a brand new motorcycle like we're about to see from another manufacturer next year that we right. won't mention. But it is a refined machine. So if you are coming from... Even a carbureted bike, I would say it's going to be completely different for you. Right. The the I from what I understand, the base engine from they first came out with this uh, style of engine with the counterbalancer and the two stroke motor. Right. You remember when they came out with that, the really smooth motor. It had it was carbureted. What year was that? Seventeen. Okay. They came out with that. Them and the orange bikes that seem to resemble these white bikes. It's okay. We can talk but about. Can we? We, okay. Let's, let's made them up. Okay. Let's really piss those people off over there because <laughs> they tell them they get mad at me for saying, "Do not, hey Kiefer, when you talk about KTM and Husqvarna, really separate us. We're right. trying to break off, but yet I just did a factory edition slash Rockstar edition, and you can open the engine case of a Husky and find. KTM. Well, no, they shared the same suspension valving, they shared the right. same ECU setting. So look, you, you pick a side. That being said, pick a I, side. That being said, in this test, I did uh, ride it back to back with a KTM 300 TPI. Oh yeah, you did, and it did feel a little bit different in some areas. Well, real quick, oh, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to circle back on that because I okay. would like to know what did feel different on that. Because okay. some of these people that email me always ask, "Hey, what should I buy?" Right. And maybe I don't know enough about it on this particular model to be right. like, hey, you should buy this. Right. So maybe you can break that down a little bit for them because you will be about two CLs deep in this podcast <laughs> and you will free flow this out pretty oh easy. Did you bring more than one Mm-mm. into the studio? Mm-mm. We might have to take a break. Just one for so now. So commercial break, you can just grab another one. Okay, perfect. We'll do part two perfect. where you screw me over. Yep. You can get that on number two CL. Yep. Okay. All right, so... All new model here, 2020. Let's break down the engine. We picked this thing up. We went out and just initially did photos, okay? We said, hey, we're going to do some photos, get some content up. But he didn't get to ride it that much that day. We did it for an hour, hour and a half. And then you said, hey, I'm going on my maiden voyage. And you've rode it a few times. So the things that you noticed right away about the engine, explain the engine character to these people out there. Explain it in a way to where... They know nothing about how this direct or fuel injection is delivered. Right. So, bottom end. That's the bottom line is this bike is all bottom end. Explain From, that to me. What do you mean? <clears throat> so literally my dad came down, visit me. Yeah. Seventy year old dude. I go, ride this thing down the street. I go start it in a high gear. It has so much bottom end, I'm not exaggerating. He started out in fourth gear and just <laughs> took off down the street. There's that much bottom end. So he was standing still and, w- and, and left from yep, fourth. Left in fourth gear. Wow. There's no that stalling. Much, no stalling. This motor is so smooth. In 17, like I said, they came out with this style engine with a counterbalancer in it. Old 300s rattled. They reminded me of 500s, the old 302 strokes. They right. rattled. They vibrated. In 17, they came out with this style engine with a counterbalancer in it. It is. It has less vibration than my YZ125 does. Okay. And it, it's just there's so much bottom end. In my opinion, there's almost too much, and I wish it was a little more diverse in, in where it would pull a little farther up into the RPM range. So this bike loves to be let, short let me, let me Let me clarify this for people listening. So when I, as a moto guy, yep. sometimes off-road. Sometimes. I did race more off-road than you last year. Just want to let okay. you know that. We'll get into that. Um, I think bottom end means excitement. 
So maybe that is not it's what different. you're talking about. Correct. So when you say bottom in, explain it more to us. Explain it to me, the guy who knows shit about it. Off idle pulling power. Okay. So you let the clutch so out. So you're not getting the RPM response. No, not it's, not, it's not super snappy. Okay. But you can be a gear, two, three, high, and it just powers through in tractors. Like, nothing I've ever ridden. You know how sometimes a four-stroke, you try to go a gear high, it'll flame out, it'll cough. Yeah. It, there's a, it, it just is like an electric motor. It just pulls. That's what I was about to say. So, like, get on my Alta. Yeah. I got instant torque. Instant. Okay. And it just pulls right up into the mid, revs a little bit, and then, not going to lie, it falls off. It signs off. Okay. So, so if the guys are looking for a top-end monster, this isn't the bike. No, this isn't the bike. It will hill climb, you know, and that's the other thing is there's not necessarily a power band. You don't think of a two-stroke where you're... And it hits. Yeah. This bike doesn't have that hit, but it will stay... It's not pipey. It's not pipey. It'll stay, like, you're climbing a hill... If you have a pipey bike, you'll be climbing, and then it's falling off. Mm -hmm. This thing doesn't really fall off. How does it go again? (laughs) Okay, I just want to make sure. Then it falls off. Yeah. No, this bike doesn't fall off. It just, it'll keep tractoring. Like, you really don't have to downshift. It will. Uh, I explain to people on my podcast, you probably don't listen to my podcast. That's fine. You listen to other things. Sometimes. Steve's and other people's. But Anything Mathis does, I'm in. Anyway. Yep. But uh, I love third gear. Yep. on a on a bike is there a magic kind of gear for this bike or is it just honestly, all of them are pretty good if you're on a flowy trail yeah third or fourth so fourth is usable oh yeah it's usable it's a six speed okay um fourth is usable flowy trails you can be in third and fourth all day long in the happy part of the power kind of low mid and like i said if you try to scream it all you're really doing is making noise and spinning the back tire it's not there's no more connection Okay. To the, the from the throttle to the rear tire. Getting to the engine portion of this 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 podcast, <clears throat> you said it has instant torque, has good bottom end delivery. Was there any point at the time you're riding it and say, "Man, I want to actually get more somewhere else, and I'll take less bottom end." Yeah, definitely. So, like, let's say you're. It's going to be interesting because I'm going to race a sprint enduro series, and you know, sprinting is it's. Moto-y. Moto helps well, that's what with, I'm saying. with sprinting. Like, right. That's why I'm excited to try a different pipe and, and stuff like that. So there are times you come out of a corner. Maybe you do want to rev it a little bit, going into some whoops or whatever. You don't just want to be in that bottom luggy power. Right. I, I do want more from it because when you're, when you're up there in the revs, you know, normally if you're <clears throat> up in the revs on like a 252 stroke or something, you give it a little bit more gas and it's going to pull the front end up. This doesn't really give me that much more pulling power. It just... Makes more noise, like I said. It's not. It's not really pulling and driving forward when you're revving it. Um, what about? I don't want to say jetting. What about the mapping? I guess you would say. Well, I don't even want to call it mapping. How clean is this bike? I was going to say. To me, it feels a little bit dirty. It feels rich. Yep. Um, off where the bo- at? Off bottom. Kind of off bottom and kind of everywhere, which isn't bad. Off bottom, because like let's say you're riding really techy stuff. It it doesn't have that crispy ying ying like that yak yak yak. It doesn't have that. Okay. It, it feels dirty and rich, but that kind of equals out to being smooth when it's you know real low in the rocks and extreme enduro type of stuff. That's fine. It doesn't matter. But as you're going up into the mid and top, it still feels almost like a 
an older style two stroke when you're you know you're going to clean it out when it's cold and it's kind of dirty feeling and rich and it's puffing out the back it gives you that feeling a little bit yeah because i remember when we were shooting photos it just felt like it was loaded up a yeah lot. that's it feels loaded up yeah um uh, we were they say not to just the power valve they say to leave it i still haven't done it uh so you you we okay off the record. Off the record. No one listens to this, oh, by the way. Perfect. They say, we were told not to do it, mm-hmm. but then on the same breath, we were say, well, try a half a turn. Right. In? I, have, I haven't done it yet. I think I believe he said in. Clockwise. On the power valve spring. Yes. And that will help throttle response. Right. It and... changes when the uh, power valve opens. Okay. So it'll change whether it opens sooner or later. So that is opening sooner, I would assume? I believe. Andy, I mean, somebody told me. Oh, he blew it. He blew oh, it. Boy. Uh, told me that it's the opposite of what you would think. I think if you put more preload on it, you would think it would open later, but I believe he said open sooner. Uh, okay. So I, I still need to mess with that. Like I said, I've the only thing I've messed with is a little bit of clickers and preload on the suspension. I haven't messed with any mapping or anything like that yet. What about gearing? First gear is... That was a Coors Light burp. That was a Coors Light you burp. Heard, I'm sorry. People. Uh, Very first professional gear here. is you don't use first gear. It's like a too low, too low. Like I was, well, I used to drive, um, deliver hay. Well, it makes sense if you're leaving from fourth gear and it's pulling it. Right. Like I used to deliver hay in a hay truck, a diesel. You uh, did? Yeah, I did. Okay. For a job, mm-hmm. and it was a stick shift old Ford diesel, and you would never use first gear wherever you go. You just start out in second in that, and that's what this reminded me of. Well, I'm same with 450. Like when I leave the pits, I just go up. I don't go really? down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never so, go first gear. Yeah. So I, you're ne- almost never in first. If you're in first. You're in really, really, really tight stuff. And even then, second's better. So let's talk about that tight stuff with the engine really fast before we get off this subject. How is the delivery when you're on rocks? Obviously, you, you're a rock hopper kind of dude. You're in tight trails. We have that stuff here up at my house. Right. Um, you've been up there a couple times. Controllable? Really controlled. Like I said, if you stay in the, the happy part of the power down low and you're lugging it, hopping from rock to rock. There's so much traction because you're so low and not trying to spin the rear wheel. But as soon as you're in anything rocky and you – I have had a tendency to spaz out from time to time and, you know, you you, you go to rev it, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your traction has gone and it's a little unpredictable with that rear tire because it's just spinning so fast and there's, there's no traction there. Right. So you really need to stay in the happy meat of the power. Uh, suspension. It's kind of a topic that we, you and I were discussing earlier because you know you're going to have to be aggressive when you ride these sprint enduros. Right. They're obviously they're not too technical. No. Or you're going to – and let's just call a spade a spade, man. Maybe this bike isn't the exact bike that you would want to go race these races at, right? Because maybe you need a more aggressive. No, we're about to find that out. That's but, why we test. We're going right. to make it into that. So, um, out so of the suspension, box. Yeah, go ahead. It's soft. Out of the box. Um, like how many O's in that word? Three. Soft. Three, not four. <laughs> so it, what I explained is putting the bike on the stand, it's light. It, it's really not very heavy. You I know don't the weight any, by chance? I don't have a weight. Oh, great. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the I just noticed by sitting on it, you can just feel how springy it is. Like, you know, how like how much the suspension moves. 232 and pounds. That's dry? That's dry. Okay. So maybe, maybe that's kind of heavy. I don't. Not bad. Two thirty two. That's like a two fifty F weight, right? So it feels light putting it on the stand to me. But mm-hmm. when you ride it, having a softer kind of wallowy style suspension makes the bike feel heavy. Yeah, it, it kind of feels sucked down to the ground a little bit, mm-hmm. not super nimble. Um, Is that good in, in any portion? Yeah, when you ride really tight 
technical stuff, extreme enduro type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like having that springiness to to kind of bounce the bike. Maybe I want to preload it with my legs a little bit to change direction with the front. That's all fine. But then, like I said, you try to you try to start pinning it and get aggressive with it through whoops. It really loads the chassis. You go into G outs, it loads the chassis weird and it'll pop out and it. So aggressive when you're trying to be aggressive with it is when you notice it's blowing through a lot, right? And surprisingly, it does blow through, um, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't get that metal to metal clank when when you're copping off a rock or whatever. I still have not felt a real hard aggressive bottom out, but I definitely feel that it's going through the whole stroke and bottoming out. Let's talk about the the open bath fork real quick. Fork's good. So you would rather have that fork versus an AER type yeah, of fork? Yeah, definitely. For for what I'm doing, like trail riding, and even for what I'm about to be racing it, with some, I think, heavier springs, we talked to said person that may name be named Andy, <laughs> um, about getting stiffer springs for it. Yeah, um, I think that's our route we're going to go with this for people listening out here. We're going to try to go springs first. Yep. Because obviously we know this bike's expensive. I'm sure MSRP's there. Um, but we are trying to... to to do a step-by-step process here to see if it helps or remedies what Michael has been wanting. So we're going to try to go up on the fork spring rate, maybe two yep. sizes. Right. Um, and a shock spring, possibly. Yeah, more, one rate probably with the with the shock, maybe two for the front. What about balance? That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's maybe a little unbalanced and being soft in the front. Okay. Um, or maybe just more... Um, Sounds weird, maybe. More wallowy in the front than in the back. Okay. More, uh, yeah, just it moves more in the front in than the, front the back. Than, than the back. Um, you're checking sag, and your yep. sag's 105? 105. Okay. Um, and that was with... Oh, here we go. That was with my Camelback on and a beer in the Camelback. So you're about 240. Easy. <laughs> 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 um, I... I, I like the fork. I really do. I, I, would, I a lot prefer- of people do. I get a lot of comments about how well that fork is. Right. You know? I prefer it to the the air fork. I got a lot of comments on Kreft with this bike. Um, we haven't tried this here, but I feel like this year is the year that we're going to do some Kreft stuff. So I think maybe if we can't get this sucker dialed in on some springs, and for you, you feel like you still need a little bit of valving for you, maybe we should try to send this to Kreft because I feel like they know this fork really well. So I've heard great things about this company. Right. You? I, I have heard good things. I've never tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Are I you? am interested in, in seeing what this bike is capable of with different stuff on it. So if you're out there, you're going to buy this bike, people. Just know that the suspension is not race-oriented out, out of the box. No, and it does have... It's more trail-oriented. It has a three-position preload adjuster on the fork. I went all the way in with it. And I did notice a little difference, uh-huh. but it's still, it's just solid. And then, obviously, so people out there, too, when you crank any preload on anything, because I've done this with exact forks and things like that, you're going to get a faster feel. Right. And then you have to slow down your rebound if you want it back to that. One thing affects the other, blah, blah, blah. You guys know this. So just know, going in or cranking it in the preload, you're going to have to do something else to the rebound side so you can kind of get that planted feel. Because right. you are going to get a stiffer action, but it's going to snap back quicker. Right. So, and the rear of the bike is planted like the the main difference with the Husky. This is this is Husky's version of the three hundred XCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, the XCW is PDS, and this is linkage. Husky doesn't have anything PDS. So this well, that's is one thing they separate themselves with. Okay, yeah, didn't know that. Um, the yeah the KTM version has PDS 
which sometimes I prefer. Off-road? Uh, I think a lot of people do like it. I, I like the PDS. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really notice anything negative about this bike having linkage. One of the things that people like PDS for is it gives you more ground clearance. You don't have anything to hang up on. KTM, you rode and did back-to-back with a yeah. PDS? Yeah, it had a PDS. Mm-hmm. And We're going to get to that. Maybe. That was one of the things I liked about that bike more okay. was right. rear suspension. Felt um, more well, let's explain that. Well, why not? While we're here, why did you like that feel? What was the feeling? I feel like the PDS had more of a plush feel and more of a planted feel through the rocks. What did the Husky do? I felt like it wanted to hop out of the rock or deflect so, a little more. So off. looser. Yeah, I felt like a little less traction. Okay. Than the PDS did. Hey, I can't I stand by it. my decision on the whoops where JT can suck it. <laughs> when I was racing Supercross, man, I had a PDS. And yes, when the track got choppy and shitty, it wasn't great. But man, through the whoops, my bike was straight, dude. JT says no. I understand that. But yeah. obviously, WP did my shit, and I had a PDS. And I just remember I can get into the whoops good, stay on the gas, and check it, tape, dude. Anaheim, check it. And it, what year? What race? 04. Main? Uh, yeah, you can check the main, too. You made the main. Stop it. Come on, dude. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, I, I prefer the PDS, honestly. For If I was going to ride Extreme Enduro, I'm not going to lie, I would prefer the PDS. But okay. th- this Husky wasn't bad. It's not bad by any means. Like, it's kind of like splitting hairs when you're comparing these two bikes. They're both so good at that type of riding Yeah, that it's like splitting hairs. Any harsh spot in this stuff? Uh, no, I never, I never really felt a harsh spot. Sometimes when you guys are out there, you get such a soft feel that... You know, you guys can sit here and tell me, oh, Kiefer, you know, sometimes in moto, you say it's soft and we're riding in that harsh part of the travel. That's because motocross valving ramps up. And I would assume, and I don't know, I haven't looked inside this fork yet, but I would assume this valving doesn't ramp up like a motocross valving stack. So you're not going to get at that harsh feeling when you're riding down lower in the stroke. Right. It doesn't feel like it, it ramps like a, a motocross bike does. Like we were doing the that kind of little rock jump for photos mm-hmm. and you land it blows through but it's it's a soft blow through you're definitely using all of the fork travel and all the shock travel but it's not like i said it's not harsh bottom out right. but it definitely is not a ramp up like a moto bike uh what about the chassis feel can we talk about chassis let's talk about that so for this year the bike has increased longitudinal and torsional rigidity okay um you're more of a tester guy than I am. I don't know exactly how that correlates. It says on the increased. Bike. Is that what it said? Yes. So what they're trying to do here, and I, I'm not like, I'm not an engineer, but right. I've been around them a lot. So when they do uh, rigidity balance change, um, torsionally and longitude. longitude. Yep. So what they're trying to do, they're trying to make this bike feel lighter, like you said, side to side, mm-hmm. but also try to keep a straight line without being too deflective and how you compensate for that when you increase all of these um in the frame there's so many areas and i i pause because i'm thinking about all these things that that engineer told me there's so many areas that are key areas so the one engineer told me that's way smarter than me there's three key areas in the chassis that is very very sensitive head tube um down tube and then almost where the pivot um, area is, right where the pivot and the cradle meet. The swing arm pivot? Yes. Okay. Right where the cradle, the bottom of the cradle meet to the pivot, the head tube area, and then the down tube. Those three points, and I, he says, if you could 
just change those three points and leave everything else the same dimensions, right. you're going to feel a lot more. So a lot of those times when, when manufacturers change this, they're trying to make a bike be more precise. And then what happens after that, WP will come in, and here we are with soft suspension. We're right. going to mask some of this rigidity that we're gaining right. with a softer feel, hoping that it will mate together. Right. So where now I have a softer feeling suspension, what's going to give me a sensation of absorption, right. but yet I can be able to corner it and have enough traction to where this bike will shoot me forward. Right. So this is a very delicate process that goes on with engineers and a lot of these people <laughs> that email me and say, Hey, uh, I wanna take some I wanna drill this out or do just there's a lot of engineering that goes on in these frames. And there's so, when working around you and stuff, like <clears throat> when you were trying to do Honda stuff with motor right. mounts. Yep. I remember you were going through motor mounts and motor mounts trying to mess with stuff. Even you were even telling me you can drill like a, a quarter inch hole in the middle of that motor mount, it's gonna change how the bike feels. Yes. So that it's incredible to me. Not to make this a Honda thing, but I'm just, I know a lot about that bike. And if you guys are familiar with the Honda, you look underneath your seat. There is an a aluminum um, piece of the frame that goes across by your shock mounting point. It looks literally looks like a block. Like it literally looks like someone took a, a block of aluminum and then welded it onto each side of the down tube. Right. If you just shaved just with a file, if you just shaved that little sharp edge, the square edge of it, just just the edge, you don't have to do anything else. Just just almost just kind of chamfer that edge just a bit, so it's slightly rounded. More rear wheel traction, like that, really? instantly. And you you would look at it in the naked eye and be like, "There's no fucking way you feel that. There's right. no way." But dude, it's that sensitive. Right. More bikes are sensitive than others. I'm not saying you do that to every single yeah, bike, yeah, yeah. and that's what you feel. But what I'm trying to say is Husky's going for a little bit of a stiffer feel so you get a more precise um, pointing uh, machine. You can corner it because sometimes, like you said, when you get too wallowy, it could feel heavy. Right. So hopefully when we go get some stiffer suspension, it won't feel that way. Right. I, I have a feeling when we do that, it'll give that bike a more nimble feel. How about straight line stability? How about really when you're going fast? Obviously, we know how you like to go off the trail and just oh, pin it down the hill. But anyway... Uh, it's a little unpredictable. A little, I feel uneasy when I when I get it going. What does that mean? Um, I'm not sure how it's going in the off straight throttle, line. Off throttle, on throttle, off throttle. So when you're hauling ass and getting off throttle, and I think that's more of a suspension thing being soft. Yeah, it's probably just when, dropping when down you, in the stroke. When you drop that fork, you're losing all the rake that's in the bike. And so, like uh, today, when me and Schmann Schlinger, Vital, Vital, and I were riding. Mm-hmm. I'm going down a sand wash, and I see the corner coming, and I start to set up for the corner, and I get on the brakes. I'm not sure what the bike's going to do when I'm going into the corner. Whereas a wandery? A little wandery. Vague? Vague feeling. I don't know if it's going to cut under. I don't know if it's going to push. And, you know, normal, when I have a bike set up for me, I can drive into that corner and you maybe bank off an edge or whatever and drive out of it. Where this, I don't know if it's going to put me right at that edge I want to bank off of or not. So... Yeah, you're going to have to get springs. Right. It's plain and simple because it's just dropping too far low in the stroke. And then what happens is when you're trying to pivot, your fork is releasing and trying to come up. So then all of a sudden you lose some traction because your knobbies are not digging into that terra firma. Okay. Out terra, there. Terra, like firma. That? terra firma. Terra <laughs> uh, Speaking of that, tires. What it comes, comes on the AT81s? Junk. I don't like AT81s. Junk. I never have liked AT81s. The front tire? 
trash. I'm out. Are you in on the eighteen eighty one? AT eighty one on the on the front. No, I, I've never liked either AT eighty one. What are you personally. looking at? What, what are we? Doing? I was looking at making sure it, uh, it comes with AT eighty one rear. I'm making sure the front is AT eighty one. I would imagine they pair them. I did not look. <laughs> I would imagine. Should, if, I would not think that they would put like a uh, a Dunlop fifty three front on there and then have a an AT eighty one. I don't like the. We will check on this speaking, after this podcast right. is done. We will go check. Speaking of tires, yeah. Three rides on this bike, two flats. Really? And I'm running 15, 14 PSI, maybe a little low to be. Are we on stock tubes? Stock tubes. Well, there you go. Uh, well, what are you you should know better. You're an off-road guy. Get some heavy-duty ultras uh, yeah. in there. Last dude. time, eight I pound actually, tubes. I rode out of your house last time, and we were like 20 miles from your back at your house, and I'm like, well, it's flat. Guess I just got to ride it. Rears? Rear, yeah. Both. Both. Rear, both rears, yeah. One of them was a nail, so whatever. Uh, the other one was a pinch, though. Oh, you can't even talk about a nail, dude. Well, I know, the, whatever. But so you had one, one legit, yeah. Uh, but are uh, you a tape rim kind of guy? Instead of the, the rubber, band? yep, yeah, tape it. Why? I just uh, number one yes. when you're putting the tube in, the, the, the band get... will move around and you can't find the hole. I'd rather just tape it. And never have to mess with it. Why? Are That's you one of the things I just remember my dad doing my wheels when I was younger, and right. I always asked him why. Why are we doing duct tape? It has the band there, but now when you get older, you get it. Yeah. Yeah, and the I bands like, wear out, like, get slacked out. Yeah, and then you can't mess with duct tape. If the band moves over, now you have spokes exposed to the tube, and yeah, yep. it's no good. Please support the people who support us by listening to these commercials. All American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas, is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get fifty percent off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother bleep. Nah, flying machine factory. That's what it stands for. Go to fmfracing.com. You got a four stroke, two stroke. They've got what you need. Trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it. They still make them. You got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower? They got that too. But most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the diner room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. 
So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana. They go to Washington. Even British Columbia. Even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kieferink Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys. That's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up. Arizona and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER. And get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. Bloodlubricants.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to screenprintingdone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool. Firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? 
Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keeferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 4685 Plum Creek Funding Zach Morris hit him up and we're back let's talk more two strokes any little tidbits about this bike what about let's talk about ergonomics real quick you're what five I'm six foot oh you're six foot six foot bar band triangle how does that feel bars feel a little bit high to me okay I don't um I can find the bar band on here um they just feel a little bit high to me uh, other than that, all the ergonomics are good. The brake pedal was a little low from when we got it, but that's easily adjustable. So you wouldn't mind a lower bar bend? I wouldn't mind a lower bar I'll bend. I'll be damned. Because usually I've... Husqvarna's come with really low, flat bars. No, this bike feel high to me. Felt high. Feel high to me. Um, I, The more I've ridden, the more I like lower bars. I don't, I don't because know. Because of what reason? I feel like I can turn the bike better with lower bars. What about standing? I don't mind if I'm hunched a little bit. I'd mm-hmm. rather be able to corner better than well we know how i corner from doing photos but that's beside the point hand guards yes good hand guards really from the from the you factory. always complain about people not having yep. hand guards on off-road hand guards bikes. and a skid plate okay so i'm pumped uh the hand guards are part of the perch uh the clutch and brake which is cool and makes it very stable and sturdy mm-hmm. but the only part that sucks is let's say you're a guy that I'm really, really picky about my hand guards being equal, looking equal. Yeah. So let's say you're a guy that likes your clutch a different uh, angle. Yep. Than, or height than your brake. Right. Well, now your hand guards are going to look wonky because they're attached. They're attached to, to it. 
perch. Okay. So I, I just I don't really care. I leave mine the same level, so it looks fine. But that's the only you, downside. I can see that. Uh, will you change those out, or are you just going to leave those? In your I'm going to leave those. I like them. If you, if you had to change those out, which ones would you use? What's your ultimate handguard? I like the Acherby's X Force. X Force. Yeah, those are the ones I've. And those are non perch mounted ones. Non perch. They're self mounted. They're self mounted. Yeah. Okay. I like those handguards, but I, I, I'm impressed with these stock ones. And it comes with a skid plate that's I wouldn't say it's minimal, but it's not ridiculously big. It doesn't you know it's not going to cover half your pipe. And speaking of the pipe, the pipe is different on these bikes. Um, it's got a corrugated look to it. Mm-hmm. So, being a metal fabricator myself, any time that you take, let's say, a flat piece of steel, and you put a rib in it, anytime you put a rib in anything, it's going to make it stronger and less prone to denting. Mm. So what they did with these is they put more or less they put ribs in it. Mm-hmm. That it looks a little bit funny, but um, I haven't dented it yet. I've landed on. Some rocks, not anything terrible. It's right. still going to dent if you, you know, obviously land on it, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, they, I, I applaud them for doing that and trying to save some pipes. What about gas range? Uh, I've ridden the last ride we did was like forty-five miles, and I still came back with like quarter tank. How many uh, gallon tank is it? Does... I, I don't know. I can tell you. Yeah, um, uh, tank capacity. Uh, 2.25 gallons. Yeah, so it's 2.25. That's not bad. That's not bad. And being that it's fuel-injected two-stroke, it gets way good gas mileage compared to a carbureted bike. Now, something I don't know, and hopefully you know this and did some homework, what oil do you put in that little... Sp- so tell us about that, because I don't know enough about they, that. They have a specific oil. I I didn't get any from them, but okay. I know from... What How I long did- does it last? I was told it'll last like 15 rides. So there's a little light on the um, next on the, to the like instrument the dash panel. Yeah, on the dashboard, there's a little light, a red light that'll pop up and say it's oil low. Okay. So what that means is your little tank that goes into – because you're not – people know you're not mixing your gas on this bike. You're pouring straight gas into it, which is a little weird. So basically you're pouring the oil into the oil portion yep. Yep. and then gas and, in the gas fuel tank. Correct. Straight gas into the fuel tank. Okay. So the, the oil tank is – in the frame, actually in the down tube. Okay. So there's a little oil fill that is in front of the gas tank. You pour your two-stroke oil in there. When you get one, they will tell you what to buy. I do not know. It is specific, though, for the fuel injection. Uh, and I need to find this out, and we didn't do enough research here, but like, I want to know if other oil companies make their own blend for this for this type of bike. I, I would imagine they will if they don't already because it's becoming so popular. Right. Um, so otherwise, it's a, probably a Motor X, I would assume. Right. Right. Um, I know for the first first year or first two years of this bike, they had problems with the oil tank cracking inside the frame and leaking. Oh, wow. Um, but I, We I, did have that dirt rider, actually. Right. So yeah. this has been fixed. It doesn't do that. Um, so for people that also don't know, like I said, you put straight gas into it. The oil tank, once it gets to a low point, your light will come on on the dashboard. And I, from what I understand, that's two to three tanks of gas more that you can go. So you have that much more. So you have that much more. You it's kind of like your car. Your gas light comes on. You at least got 20 miles. You got 20 miles, whatever. I've experienced and flirted with that a little bit. <laughs> In your car? Yeah. Perfect. Heather doesn't like it when that gas light comes on. We got to get gas. I'm like, you need to chill down. She thinks it's going now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, relax. We're good. No, I She's go like, pretty far. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, relax. We got 20, 25. <laughs> So I live on the edge, dude. Um, and like with the fuel injection, the reason it runs so low into the RPM range is because it's fuel injected. They can just change your fuel mixture all the time and your oil mixture. You know, mm-hmm. like you 
<clears throat> mix your gas on your carbureted two-stroke. You're mixing it 40 to 1. Right. Well, this thing, you know, you run low. It could be 80 to 1. You're pinning it. It could be 20 to 1. So right. it can always change, which is why it runs so clean down low, and you can lug it so well. So it does that because... There's something inside that system that well with that your feeds throttle, it, throttle position it feeds different correct it, amount of oil give you amount different amount of oil got correct. it uh, I would love to for us to do this one time that'd be cool for key ink testing is take that apart and see how it works I would love to look at it I'd like to take it apart I don't know if I want to put it back together I think it'd just be cool to see how it works it functions you right. know no I would like to be more educated on it as well I'm yeah. just I never thought I would see a fuel injected two stroke but it's <sighs> technology's here right. Well, um, leave it to KTM and Husqvarna to do this, right? I mean, they've been leading the charge on... Off-road and two-strokes. Two-strokes, off-road, pushing the four-stroke boundaries, forcing the Japanese to do other things outside the box, right? up their game. Right. So, Which is it's good for everybody. It's good for the consumer when you get down I to it. I battle with it all the time. People say, what do I want, a Yamaha or KTM? Like, that's a tough choice for me. Right. It, it's tough. If If KTM would just get some fucking suspension... And Husqvarna, sorry. This is good stuff, the off-road wise. You, I know you with moto stuff. It's just know. yeah, it's just different, right? Right. Yeah. I, I think this is really, really good off-road suspension, and I'm excited to see what it's going to be once we try springs and when and is maybe the, when is the first race? March. What is it? I believe it's the 16th. March 16th. So we're going to try this sucker next month. We're going to hit you guys with some more info. Actually, there will be an article. Mike's going to run. Fifteenth, uh, Mike's going to hit you with an article. Um, we will come back and revisit each time he goes races, and we'll we'll talk about how this bike works, what it did good, what it didn't do good. Mike will be um, about three cores lights in. I'm about ready for another one, but yeah. Oh, you're going to get one right now. Okay, good. Um, so first race, we'll not get, we'll get into this later. I may miss the first one, but the next one is the weekend after. So when when's that? Good. March twenty uh, second. 22nd. Where's that at? Uh, they're both at Red Mountain out here. Okay, so yeah, on the, if you guys on the East Coast, Red Mountain's a barren wasteland, oh, worse desert, than where yeah, I just, live. It's just open like desert. if you think where hell is, that's where basically that, this is. Kind of like what that is, yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna race this sucker. Get anything else that people should know about this bike? First impression? Uh, I I think this certain things are cool about it. it comes with little frame guards on the side. Um, Comes with a headlight that works, has a little on-off switch for the headlight. The dashboard, the little instrument cluster is cool. You can do mileage. You can change your mileage. Um, you ride enduro with it? Miles per hour. Yeah, I'm riding enduro. Okay. Um, but not. I'm not riding enduro where you need to know mileage. Not timekeeping. Um, it's like... No, it's it's a sprint. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I had it... I didn't fully wind it out, but I had it going pretty fast. I had it at like 83 miles oh, an wow, hour. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Um, and there was still more left. So... It, you're going to leave stock gearing on for these races? Yeah. Do you know what stock gearing is offhand, Mike? Oh, uh, he's chewing a cheat sheet. It oh won't tell my you. God, my cheat sheet. This is what it is. This is what it is, Mike. Hey, Mike, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, man, I'm ready. Doesn't have the info here for you people. So if you want to yell, if you want to hit Michael up, Michael at keyforingtesting.com. Don't hit me up because he's still looking for the. How's that going over there? 1350. 1350. Yeah. Okay, we got the information. There you go. Saved by there the paper. Saved by the paper. My, my highlight. That's 1350 is. Yeah, it's pretty low. Yeah, but it's a six speed though, so you have that, ah, yeah, you have that true, overdrive. Think, yeah, true. Um, overdrive. Overdrive. You use six gears overdrive. Yeah. Overdrive, so. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard it like that. Um, hey but, man, I'm an overdrive out here in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bottom line though, with this bike is it is so good for 
if you're especially just a trail rider who trail rides, just easy to ride, so easy to ride, and so easy to lug and ride a gear high. <clears throat> what about the comparison KTM Husqvarna? What we got? Where are we at? I if felt you- like the the, and the the KTM we tested it with was a year older. It's a, it was a 19 model, and it was the 300 XCW TPI. And to was me, it- the okay. I guess you would say fuel mixture, whatever you want to say, I feel like it was more crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't have as dirty of a feel. It didn't feel quite as rich feeling. Um, and I like the PDS more. Um, but in same in the fork, it was so the same you like the fork. engine better on the Husqvarna, and then you like the suspension better on the KTM. No, I, I like both better on the KTM. Okay, I so you like, like the, the KTM motor was better. Cleaner. Yes, I did. The KTM is cleaner. Yeah, cleaner oh, feeling. I'll be down. It didn't feel as dirty. It didn't feel as rich. Um, and I want to try messing with the. Power rail spring and seeing if we can get it. You're a test rider, Mike. You I should know, do that. I know. And uh, we are going to try What's it pipe. take to change it? The power... A little tool you just turn in or out. Oh, that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. And you um, didn't do that on the trail? You didn't think about that? Uh, it takes a special tool, so... Do we have that? No. Okay. Well, because they don't give it to you with the bike because you're not supposed to change it. Oh, really? Yeah. But do they offer it? For the carbureted bikes, they did. Fuel-injected bikes, they did not. Okay, that so there big, is one available that you could get. Right. There was a big thing when they, they came out with their adjustable power valve. They actually, years ago when it was carbureted, they would give you three different springs to choose from. So you could actually change the spring out and the preload on the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I did that one time and I dicked it up pretty bad. Did you see? That's that's why I'm scared. I'm a tester, but I'm scared of fucking it up. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you won't. You're, um, you're, you've been, you're a good mechanic. But guy. we are going to try a pipe. Um, I've heard that the Pro Circuit pipe is good for this bike. Okay. So I'd like to try that. FMF.com. FMF.com. Yep. FMF. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I know. Pro Circuit does make some good stuff for the KTM and Husqvarna's. Um, but also, hell, we'll just try both. See right. how what's the difference is a good article. So, mm-hmm. all right. So he's going to have an article up here, what, next week? Next week, yeah. I have it pretty much, a lot oh. of it written, but I wanted to talk this out with you. So by the so time we have this podcast up and moving, you will see an article soon. as well. We're just trying to carry all the base here, okay? Right. You like to read. You're an old old dude. I don't want to listen to a podcast. Right. You can read your stuff over on keyforingtesting.com yep. or a little bit of new school kind of dude. Right. Listen to it, podcast. So so there are two models of this bike for the people that are like, man, I'd really like a 300 bike that's fuel injected, but this bike doesn't really sound like you can you know ride a GP or, or whatever with it. They have the other version of this bike is the TX300i. That's a carb? No, it's still fuel injected. Okay, um, but it is aimed more. It has an air fork on it. It's more aimed towards the guy who wants to race it. I would say GNCC or wants to race works or whatever for a two stroke. I don't. So know why what, is that? What is the reason? Like, what is the difference between just the air fork or what else is what other difference? Air fork. It doesn't have a headlight tail light. It's it's more their more close course cross country, close course cross country bike. Okay. Um, I don't know if the motor feels different. Uh, I talked to um, Shmandy Schmefferson at Husqvarna, and he said he wants me to test them back to back so we can see That'd be know, great. what the difference is between the two. Yeah, because he he doesn't know about engine changes between the two, how it you know correlates when you ride it. Yeah, so I'd like to try those. And we two. know how that works. You know, sometimes manufacturers say, "Hey, there's no differences," and you you, you ride them, and you're like, "Oh, there's a lot of difference right. you know, on the track." There's one thing with the Husky. I mean, we all know with the Husky is it doesn't have aluminum subframe. This is the polymer subframe, so I mean that can feel a little bit different from you know a KTM that has a aluminum right. subframe as well. Well, sounds like you got a lot of work to do, Mike. Yeah, a lot of things I need to do, Chris. All right, so we're racing. Uh, if you guys go back onto 
my podcast with Mike. We talk about goals. We talk about family. We talk about how we need to designate things to get our goals accomplished. And here we are, February, what do we got? February 21st, and we are a little less than a month away from the first round, and Mike says he's already out. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So not. Mike is out on the first no, round, people. Hold on. Let me finish, and you can have a rebuttal. Fuck. Um, now, your backpedaling said I have to go to a bachelor party for some dude I've never heard of. Oh so Mike's going to some bachelor party uh, with a dude that he says his buddy. I've never heard of this guy before. So to me... As a friend that's close to you, doesn't seem that close. You know, you promised all these people that listen to this podcast and yourself and me that you will do this full series. You're like, I want to do the full series. I have the paperwork. This is why I kept all this. I know. I, yeah, I got and it. Now we're backing out, yep. not because of a family do- deal, of a bachelor party. How many times do you see this guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, that explains to me right there, people. A pause. So what that's telling me is not much. So, which makes it that much more important when I do see him. Okay. So were you invited or was Keith invited? No, and then I was invited to this bachelor party in Vegas. I'm gonna be eating healthy. I'm gonna be drinking water. Oh, yeah, that's some bullshit. I'm gonna be Will you be going to a strip club, yes or no? Yes. Well, that's almost worth then. I'm crazy. just saying I honestly had no idea until he goes, Hey, the bachelor party's XYZ, and then I go, Okay, cool. Here's the part about goals that needs to be thought of when yep. you guys listening to this you make them you break them no okay the hard part is and anything in life is consistency working out writing being a nice person whatever it is you have to really it's it doesn't come easy even something as easy as saying i'm picking these dates i'm gonna race this life happens shit gets in the way what's your priorities titties Okay, well then that's where Mike's at, people. So hit Mike up, tell him he's a piece of trash. Oh my God, and he uh, went back on his word, and that's what I we're didn't about go here. Back at on Kiefer. my word, I'm racing the rest of them. Keyforinktesting.com. Honesty, I guess that went down the shitter. So, uh, so yeah, he's going to race the rest of them. So we are not going to win a championship this year. That's that, not uh, true. Oh, those are throwaways. You don't know. Those are throwaways. No. Okay. All right. I missed three rounds last year and still end up like third in points. You know what? I'm going to go race the first round in your class, and then I'm going to just eat you up in points. because I'm No, gonna race you're going to eat shit because you don't like riding rocks. <laughs> if I went and raced that, who would win? Goolsby. Me or you? Goolsby. Would beat me? Yes. <laughs> Goolsby listens to this. He's... That's great. He's a great rider. I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm just saying, Does he, do you beat him? I have. Okay. There you go. But he beat me, too. That's fine. Look at Actually, because I don't want to race that, I'll just accept it. I'll be like, yep, good. You guys will smoke me. I'm you, fine with it. You should race the Glen Helen one. Nope, I'm good with it. Okay. Goolsby got me. He won. He's already got the championship. You're out because you're going to Bachelor Party. You know what? I'm Team Goolsby now. That's what I am. Fuck. Me. I'm off the Michael Allen train. Goolsby, if you're listening, uh, I'm in. There's a 300 TPI. Hit me up on a direct you. message, Goolsby. Let me know what you need for your series because I feel like you're dedicated in this series, and I will help you. So I will pay for your first, the first round. I'm going to pay Goolsby's entry. Fuck you, Michael Allen. Wow. Yep. Okay. There it is, peeps. Michael Allen. How many people are out there listening right now saying I would love a brand new bike? I would love to go race. I will be doing that the following weekend. All right. So, Carmel, hold on, listen. That's me crossing out Michael <laughs> Allen. You're such a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, 
On another note, how's everything going at home? You're good? How's the family thing going? How's you adjusting time? Better. I'm getting better. Okay. You know, there was POM, which is uh, Post Oliver Michael, which is my son's name. I was a mess. This is what I called Michael after his son was born because there was Michael before Oliver, and then now there's Mike now. I was a mess for a while. Um, Had a little, I don't know, male postpartum depression? I don't know what you call it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was sensitive about it. Right. He's growing up too fast. I felt like I was missing out on shit. I'm better now. Like, okay. I don't have him today. It's good. He's at the in-laws' house. He is twitching. It's two thirty in the afternoon, people, and it looks like he is really trying to get out the door. I'm not though he's to get moving out the back door. and forth, he's rocking. I he's told bobbing you I need another CL. That's my deal. And uh, yeah, he has his hands in and out of his pockets. It's so. better though. It is better. Like the the more I get into trying to appreciate the moment mm-hmm. and not look forward or backwards, I have a hard time looking back at good times and stuff and like missing that. Yeah. But, uh, it gets worse, dude. I'm just going to tell you that. Thanks. That's going to be great. I'm just telling you, as a father, when you have those stupid Facebook memories that pop up yes. eight years ago, and you see Aiden ripping around in his old uh in the back of your Yeah, head. Yep. I'm like, dude, that was a good time. Yes. That's and, my problem. Uh, so, but you got to live your life. I know. You got to live forward. Yeah. Um, you can look back, and that's what that's the key word about memories, right? is to have those, right? right. So... Uh, that's one thing that doesn't wait. It's time. It keeps going. So uh, obviously we know about time and how you're going to miss that race, and that time just keeps passing along. Oh, my God. <laughs> Always going back. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys have any questions for me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'm happy to help them. But, hey, if you guys have questions about this model, don't hit me up. Michael at keyforinktesting.com. He has ridden this thing. I haven't. Yep. Send me an email. Um I've ridden. I haven't motoed it yet. I actually thought about tomorrow mm-hmm. bringing it to mm-hmm. the track and trying to moto it. Okay, I don't know how well that'll go, but uh, I need to know how it works everywhere. So yeah. why not trying um, that that power valve deal? Maybe yep. try that. I've ridden technical stuff. I've ridden hill climbs. I've ridden fast, flowy trails with it. I have a real good feeling of of how it is out of the box. So. And if you guys have uh, post mail partum, hit Michael up as well. We can and talk. If you guys flake out on your friends, hit Michael up as well. Oh, because uh, if yeah. you guys are one of those guys that just say you're going to do something, then you don't. Then just hit Michael up. You just hit I'm me up. That guy. You know, we can have a good cry online. It'll be fine. Yep. Uh, so also, please support the advertisers that support this podcast. We thank you guys that have done that. We get a lot of emails sent to us say, hey, I went here because of you. Trust me, if they're on this podcast, they are a great company. We just sat and had this conversation with one of the vital guys in the shop about how we could take more money. I should say we. Mm-hmm. How I could take more money in Kiefer Inc. testing, but I don't want to promote certain products because I don't fully believe in them. Uh, these guys are on this podcast because I believe in the product, and these are the people that I would purchase stuff for myself. If, I went and bought... If this uh, wasn't even around, I would still purchase stuff. I went and bought parts. I clicked through and bought parts for my Yamaha. I go to Rocky Mountain myself. I bought tires the other day. Yep. I want to test this new Bridgestone M59. I went to Rocky Mountain. Yep. It was here in two days. Right. It's great. I will say I get bummed out on dealerships, though. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other podcast we could do. On not having parts? Well, that, and, and I know we're supposed to support our dealerships. It sucks. I get it. But, man... If you don't stock parts, and I understand that's a two two edged sword because if you're not getting people to buy them, why are you going to stock them? But when you get customers that come in, say, "Hey, man, can I get a clutch cable?" You don't have a clutch cable, and I can call Rocky Mountain. I can it. get it in fucking another, the next day. That that something's going on. That happened recently where I went to get um, a simple set of sprocket bolts. No sprocket bolts. 
Nothing. Nothing. That's disappointing. So I actually reused mine, and then, shocking, they came loose. And here's the thing. It used to be when you go to a dealership, it's an experience. You you bullshit with the the parts guy, whoever. Not a lot of that going on anymore. not a lot anymore. You don't have the parts. Oh, man, I got a laptop. Boom. Done. I don't got to do shit. Nope. And it'll show up at your house. And it shows up in my house. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So... Man, we could talk about that. At, we talked about that at Dirt Rider one day, and I, I thought that would be a great article and story. But nonetheless, support RockyMountAtvMC.com. They're great people. They have stuff in stock. I mean, I bought socks the other day. I didn't think they existed, and Rocky Mountain had it. Yep. If you guys are interested in Pirelli tires, I have a big hard-on for Pirelli right now. Really? Because I think they're a great tire. MX32 Midsoft. Go check them out. Model, um, model a, tire? Yep. Scorpion? Scorpion MX2 MX32 Midsoft, a great tire. Okay. So go to Rocky Mountain, get those. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Project Honda. God, that thing was good. Mm. A lot of talk about the Honda. All right, we gotta go. Someone's knocking at our door here. Someone's See you guys. Very mad. Thanks for listening. There you go.